Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. Glory to the living God. Good job, bam. I want to invite my wife up on stage here. Come on, give it up. Ten years, honey. Ten years. We're ten years young. Yeah. I just, um, I want to take this time. I'm, I'm just reflecting on all that God has done. And I have to tell you that it's really my honor and privilege to, to serve this community of people. Um, when people ask me what I enjoy the most about ministry, most about being a pastor, is getting to be a part of the of all the exciting stuff that happens in people's lives like just getting to see people come into come all that God has for them and it's been like just um, more than I could have even imagined just to see how much people have um, grown in Christ grown in their lives getting to see um, families come together and, and I'm just so blessed and it's such an honor to to serve you to serve God and to serve alongside of you just a great community of people so, love you guys, and I'm happy. Amen. 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 Put that on Corey's chair if you would. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. How you doing? I'm happy to be here. I'm going to share the word of God, and then we're going to eat. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a good word. Okay. Then we're going to eat. I got a quick two-week message series that I want to share with you. It's called "This Is Us." This is us. Amen. And don't worry, nobody will die in electrical fire at any point in this message series. Some of you caught the reference there. You do not need to guard your heart. Nobody's dying. There's no long lost brothers or anything like that happening. Are you feeling good? I'm so happy to be with you today. It's a happy day, yeah? You know, I don't, if you know me, early in our church, like, I, Okay, I have, I have like two things, if you know me, uh, that I'm trying to come out of. Number one is I'm eternally cheap, right? And so I, I um, this, especially when we started the church, I felt like why would we buy anything that I could build, right? Like why would you possibly pay money for anything if I could build it? And so in the beginning we had like um, projector screens made out of uh, like um, shower curtains and PVC. Anybody who's here at the, at the beginning remembers setting up these things and uh, I would just build everything because I was super cheap and I had no idea how long this thing would last and I didn't want to spend any money if we did not have to, right? And so number one, I'm super cheap and number two, I feel like I could do anything. Right? I really feel like uh, most things that people do, and if anybody's worked with me knows this, I have a saying that, that Corey has learned, uh, uh, it, you know, how hard can it be? That's one of the sayings in my life. How hard can it be? I look at people and I say, I'm probably at least as smart as them. I can probably do it. Right? And so like my wife, on the other hand, she is not as convinced that I can do anything. My wife likes to tell me things. My wife likes to tell me things like, Carl... You're not a plumber. You pastor at church. I'm like, but how hard can it be, right? Like water goes in a pipe and gravity does all the work. How hard can it be to be a plumber? And I convinced Corey of that. And so, you know, we spent a good Saturday on each other's roofs, snaking lines and, and like, how hard can it be? And so when it comes to electrical work, I'm like, 
how hard can it be? You know, I see they put wires in the walls and the wires carry electricity and, 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 and the general contractors in the room are cringing as I say things like this, but I'm like, how hard can it be? And so I like to do things on my own. Again, number one, uh, because of pride, I feel like I can do anything. And number two, because I'm cheap. And you put those two things together, I start doing lots of stuff that I'm not particularly called to do. Does that make sense? <clears throat> and so, and so um, you know, I, I, um, I'm, I'm a bit of a tech geek, if those of you who know me. And, um, and I like to automate everything in my house. And so at a certain time of night, all the lights shut out and the garage door closes and the air goes to a certain temperature and the bedroom fan comes on and my house is set. You know, I like that. I like it being automated. I like automating things, right? And so like, I like being able to tell my appliances what to do and they do it like it makes me feel powerful, right? Like when I tell Alexa to do stuff and she does it, that's like makes me feel powerful. <laughs> and so um, the only thing missing right now on my home network is my door doesn't lock on its own. Now I know you're saying like, what? Like why would you not have an automatic front door lock that's tied into your smart home system, right? I know what you're thinking. I was thinking the same thing, right? And so I bought... Um, I bought a new uh, automated door lock because, you know, I could only go so many years without having this thing automated, right? Like it was just taunting me at night that it wasn't working. And so <clears throat> I bought one of these uh, electric door locks that would tie into my smart home system and then I could program it and each person in my house can get their own code. And, and if you have kids, when the kid comes home, I could get a notification of the kid. I mean, like, you know, we're living in a nanny state and I'm okay with that, right? So I'm like, I could be monitoring stuff. So I buy, are you following me? Are, are we? Okay, so I bought this cool new home lock, and uh, my mother-in-law had a big birthday at our house that day, and so I couldn't. Happy birthday. Where's she at? Where's she at? Happy birthday. And um, she had a big birthday. We just won't say which one. We'll say it was over 20. So I couldn't put it in on Friday because we were having a party, and so Saturday I'm like, today I'm fighting a cold, but today is the day. I put in the lock and I set this all up. It's going to be grand. The only problem was this lock didn't have the same key as the rest of my locks. And I rekeyed all the locks in my house. They'd have the same key. So my garage door and the door that goes out to my garage, they all in the front door and the master, they all have the same key. I like, you know, I wanted to. And so I say to myself, this lock needs to be rekeyed. And I hear the voice of God and it sounded a lot like my wife. And I heard Carl. You're not a locksmith. <laughs> Take the lock to the locksmith. And I said, get behind me, Satan. That can't be God, right? <clears throat> and so I figure it's going to cost me about $25, $30 to get this thing rekeyed. But they sell a kit online for $7 to rekey re a lock. I I'm making money by doing it myself, right? And so I buy, I buy the kit, right? And I start taking the lock apart yesterday morning. I'm fighting this cold and I'm like not feeling great, you know, and I, so I didn't do much in the morning. In the afternoon, I'm like taking this lock apart and I'm following the instructions mostly, you know, but I can do anything. So the, the instructions aren't really for me, you know, they're for people who can't do anything, right? And so <clears throat> I'm taking this lock apart slowly but surely. And then, and then springs started popping out. 
And I said, that's probably, that's probably not supposed to happen. That looks difficult to get back together, putting the key back to the springs. And I start looking at this thing, and I'm like, oh, I missed a pretty important step that keeps the springs from popping out. And so now I'm looking at a YouTube video on how to get the springs back in. And I said, okay, um, Carl, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to pull this one off. And um, so I say to myself, okay, okay, I know what I do now. The smart thing to do is... No. The smart thing to do is you go to Home Depot and you get a similar lock. You take it apart and you put the parts from that lock in your, I mean, now I know it would have cost $20 and now, now we're, you know, you know, we're going up a little. So I, um, so I, I tell my wife, yeah, hey honey, um, yeah, I got to go to Home Depot to buy a, a Schlang lock so I can pull the cylinder out and put it in so I can rekey it to, to match my quick set key. Now, some of you already know where this is going just by what I just said. So I take apart uh, my, my one lock, and, and, and before I go to Home Depot to get this other part to put in, I start looking at it, and I come to the realization that all my locks are Quickset brand, and this one is Schlang, and you can't key a Schlang lock for a Quickset key. So now I've just disassembled my entire lock for a project that never would have worked in the first place. And now I need to go to Home Depot to buy more parts so I can make the original lock work. Are, are you following me? <clears throat> Welcome to my world. <clears throat> so I go to Home Depot and I, um, and I, and I, and I, and I go buy the lock. And uh, it's about, I don't know, three, four in the afternoon yesterday. And I buy this lock, the one that I'm now, now I'm, now I'm not making money anymore. Now I'm losing money on the whole proposition, right? So I buy the master, the, 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 the master lock key thing, the, the deadbolt. And uh, I go out to my car and I get in my car and I'm in, a, I'm in a rush now because I'm wasting time. And I put it in reverse and I pull out and then I go to put it in park and I'm still going in reverse. And I'm like, oh joy. And uh, this is not really what I need. And so I'm trying to put it in drive and I'm still going to reverse. I'm like, oh great. <clears throat> and so finally, I finagle the thing to put it in park. And I know what it is. You're a mechanic. I'm a mechanic, right? And we know what it is. <laughs> Clearly, it's the linkage between the switch and the transmission's broken. And I say to myself, I can replace that. <laughs> How hard could it be to replace the linkage between you? And I hear the voice of the Lord again. It sounds just like my wife, Carl. You're not an auto mechanic. <laughs> and now I'm fighting with this thing. I'm like, actually, I know where I could do this. The only problem is it's in the middle of the parking lot, blocking the lane and the cars behind me and in front of me. And I say to myself, Carl, had you listened to the first voice, we wouldn't be here right now. But I can fix this. <laughs> I can totally fix this. I know I know how to fix this. And so with the help of a, a, a kind Home Depot parking lot stranger, I, I put the car, I turn it on because it's stuck in park, and we pop the hood, and I reach down into the transmission and physically do the linkage in the drive. Now it's like, it's drive, and that's it. That's all you got. And so now I'm driving. I'm like, okay, should I drive to the mechanic and leave my car there? Or should I drive home and fix it myself at some point? This is the battle that's still going on in my mind. You know? And God has called me to something. It's not actually to be a mechanic. I know you probably think, Carl, you would be an amazing mechanic. And true, I really would. However, that's not actually my calling. My calling is actually to preach the word of God. Now, I know sometimes you may question that, but really that is what he called me to do. And so, you know, I, I, I'm like, 
how, like, and here's, here's the question I have for you today. How many times we have to do the same thing over and over again before we learn what we are and what we are not called to be doing, right? Like, how, amen? Like, like how many times, like, I, like, you're not a mechanic, Carl. You're not, a, like, my wife is still trying to convince me I'm not a pool care guy. Like, no, I'm going to make it. That thing is going to be clear and we're going to be able to swim in it. I promise you. Like, I, I don't need to hire anybody to do the pool. I got this. But we fight over and over and over again. Even though I lost my entire afternoon to being a locksmith, I still am fighting whether or not I'm supposed to, and I'm just driving and I'm like, Lord, Lord, like, like you, you are talking to me right now, right? And so here we are, and, and one, of the greatest, one of the greatest challenges th that we have is, you know, who are we? Who are we? What are we supposed to be doing? And if you don't know Christ, you know, there's three questions. Who am I? What is my purpose and where am I going? And we need Jesus for all these, right? You don't know the answer to these things without Jesus because he created us. And so in the church and in the business community, we've come up with all kinds of things to try to figure out who we are, right? There's like every month it seems like there's a new team. Remember the disc assessment? Remember, 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 remember the disc? Remember the did anybody remember taking this? I'm a DI. I believe Corey is an ID. My wife is a CS, I believe. Like we had these things that you may remember the disc assessment. You took them in work and whatnot, trying to figure out who we are. And then the big craze in church was the five love languages. You know, four was not enough. We need more categories. <laughs> So then we came up with the five love languages. And if you're married, uh, I, I, I just, just get the book, figure out your spouse's love language, and start doing it, right? So I'm a words of affirmation and physical touch guy. My wife is a, amen. Amen. Words, come on, words of affirmation, people. You're amazing. You're all amazing and have an amazing call on your life. And we're so happy that you're here today, words of affirmation, people. My, my wife is an acts of service person, so she really didn't care what I'm saying. Am I doing the dishes, right? Like that's... <laughs> and all you acts of service people, there's food you can serve out here and just bless everybody and know that you are important. And so at some point, people said five wasn't quite enough. We need more. So we came up with the Enneagram. Now we got nine, right? <laughs> And so I took all our leadership team and all our emerging leaders through the Enneagram. I, of course, am normally an eight, eight with a seven wing. Any, any, any challengers in here? Any eights in the room? Come on. Yeah. We feel like we could, she feels like right now she could be doing this better than me, right? Like that's what eights do. That's what eights do. I'm normally an eight. Sometimes I'm a three. Uh, when I test, Corey is a three. Sometimes he's an eight. My wife is a one. You one think I'm not doing this correctly? Yeah. Lots of ones in the room. They're like, you're going too long, pastor. We're supposed to be getting the food now. What's happening? And here's what's, here's what's funny about all these tests. <clears throat> the, fun, the funny thing about all these tests is if you've ever taken one of these personality tests, if you've, let me say it this way. If you've never taken a personality test, you think there's no way you could fit into a category, right? Anybody who's taken a personality test, you've had that shattered already. Like how can a book that's never met me know me, right? The only people, there's people who take these tests and learn about themselves and people who refuse to and they live in darkness and think that they're so unique that they don't fit in a category. <laughs> but we're just, that's a little bit of an eight thing to say, isn't it? What are you again? <laughs> Got a little peacemaker there saying, you might be hurting people, bastard. <laughs> 
That's why he's in our connections ministry. That's why he's getting people connected. <laughs> but here's the deal. Here, here's what I find out. We, we generally, we want people, no matter what we are or what we do, we want people to think that we got it all together. Yeah. We want people to think it, we got it all together. And, um, you know, it's like, it's like when we have guests over, we act a certain way. You know, we act like the way we wish we really were and how we want people to see us. Come on, well, like, let me put on the me I wish I was. <laughs> right? Like, our whole house will be beautiful except for that room that you're not allowed to open the door to. Because that's the real us. <laughs> Behind that door is the real us. And let's just keep that locked. Let's just keep that locked. Let, let's just see the me that I want you to see. <laughs> right? And let's all just pretend that this is who I really am. That's, we want people to see the person that we wish we are. And, and, and in the church nowadays, there's all this teaching on identity. People are constantly like everywhere you turn, there's, there's, there's messages on identity. And people think like, if you can just get your identity, then you'll figure out how to live your life. But strategy really comes from one of three places. And I want you to really think about this. Strategy comes from one of three paces, identity, purpose, and vision. Identity, purpose, and vision. And it's possible that God will give you a vision for your life that you don't feel like has anything to do with your identity. It's possible. Some of you just want to live a, my wife just want to live a nice little happy life, just having a little family and just doing, a, just, just being nice. And she marries a dude who's like, I want red dots all over the planet coming from this building, right? Like that's, that's the guy that God had her marry, right? That doesn't mean that she has to feel called to put red dots all over the planet, but that's part of the vision for her life. Does this make sense? Identity purpose, and vision. And each of us has an identity, a purpose, and a vision. And God, God wants you to know yours. But more importantly, I want to talk today, our church has, has, has an identity, has a purpose, and has a vision. We're not just here just trying to do what other people are doing. We're not trying to be like every other church. We're not trying to be like any other church. We're just trying to be and do what God has told us to do. Amen? amen. This is who we are. And, and we, yeah, amen, amen. <clears throat> and we at Revival Life try to be real. This is who, this is us. We just try to be real. We try to just be real people. We don't try to fake it. We're not really into people who do church well, people who got all the lingo down and know how to turn it on and turn it off. We're not really interested in how your, your, your guest room, we're, we're, we want to know what's in that back room, the door that people aren't allowed to go in. That's like, that, like we want to see like, this is us. We got to be the real us. Life is so much easier when you can live the real you. Gosh, it's so much easier. And when you're not around a group of people that you have to perform for all the time. Man, that's exhausting. I gave up on that. I'm not very good at that, although I'm, I'm an eight. I'm a challenger. I'm not really interested in that in the first place. And so... I want to tell you just a couple real quick things about Revival Life Church and let you know this is us. This is where we're going. This is the vision. This is our purpose. This is our identity. First thing I, I want you to, um, this is, here's, I'll put this up. I want you to have this for your life. I want you to adopt this for your life. I want you to think about this. I want you to meditate on this. I want to become the best version of me so I can walk in my purpose and fulfill God's vision for my life. Identity, purpose, and vision. I want to be, listen, I'm not perfect. Like I got that room. We all got that room that we don't want anybody to look into. And we got it in our lives. We have that room in our lives, maybe in our past, in our history, maybe even our, in our present right now. There's that part of our life that we don't, be, but, but I want to be the best version of me that I can be. Right? I want to be the best version of me. I'm never going to be a basketball player. Right? It's just not going to happen. Just, it's not. Number one, because I don't play basketball. Right? It's just not going to happen. 
when, when Mikey first joined us, Mikey was an amazing rapper, and I don't know where you would have gone with that, probably somewhere amazing, but we used to have songs that he would rap in the middle of. And so he could have taken a snapshot of his life and thought that was the whole, whole, of, rap, of, whole of life, but it's not. God had such a bigger plan for him. Amen. And for my life, listen, amen. For my life, <clears throat> listen, I'm not going to be able to be a, you know, a star NBA player. I'm not, I, you know, I, 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 you just get some point, you say, you know what? This, this thing that I idolize is just not going to happen. Right? I can't be that. I'm not going to be T.D. Jakes. I just finally figured that out this year. Right? I'm not going to be T.D. Jakes. It's not going to happen. For several reasons. Right? I don't talk with a lisp. Right? But I want to become, other than that, we're pretty, pretty similar. Right? But I want to become the best version of me. I want to be the best Carl I can be. Amen? I want to be the best Carl I can be so I can walk in my purpose and fulfill God's vision for my life. <clears throat> one, one, one of my, um, the earliest scriptures over my life was Philippians 3.12 out of the New King James Version. Not that I've already attained it or I have already become perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Jesus captured me. I didn't, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up following God. I didn't grow up a good person. I didn't grow up someone you wanted me to leave around your money or your daughter. Like this is not who I grew up with, to be, right? This is, not, this is not who I was. But Jesus Christ snatched my life. He snatched my soul from hell, right? And he snatched it for a purpose. And I'm now living my life so I can lay hold of that purpose. That he snatched me for, right? So I'm not like, oh, I got to get my identity. I got to get this. No, no. I need to fulfill that purpose that he saved me, right? And so as we, <clears throat> as we try to do this, there's just a couple things that we believe as a house that we just, that kind of encapsulates who we are. And so this is us. We believe, we believe that we are never our best without regularly encountering God. Yes. Like, well, no, I've known God my whole life. Yeah, when was the last time you saw him? When's the last time you heard his voice? When's the last time you felt his touch? When's the last time you experienced his love? When's the last time that his presence came in the room and you were wrecked? We are never at our best without regularly encountering God. We believe in the encounter. Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. I like having meals with Jesus. There's a man in the, uh, around the 100 years after Jesus, name was Irenaeus, great, just brilliant thinker, and he said, the image of God is the sun in whose image man was made. The image of God is the sun in whose image man was made. And if we were made in his image, then we need to have encounters with him, and we need to have them regularly. We're not there yet. Thanks though, Jen. I went out of order. Sorry about that. You know, these things happen. So we need to be having encounters with him regularly. Are you hearing me? Now you can put it up, Jen. Watch this. He said this later on. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. And to be alive consists of beholding God. Our goal is to be fully alive. Fully alive. Right? Man, like God is not trying to make you become him. We don't need a new identity. You don't need to become the big singer, the big business guy. You don't need to become the big athlete. You don't need to become the big social media star. God knows who you are and he created you on purpose. Yes. Yes. Amen. 
The glory of God is a human being fully alive. And when you deny your purpose, you deny your call, you deny the vision for your life, you're not fully alive. If you don't encounter God, you're not fully alive. And to be alive consists of beholding God. This is who we are. Amen? Another thing we believe is that dealing with the hurts of life is hard. And we are working to become whole. (laughs) This is who we are. It's hard. We got issues. Amen? Am I the only one? We don't deal with those issues on purpose. (laughs) And some of us us have very complex systems in place to protect our issues. All kind of guards and and attack dogs to attack anybody who would come near our issues. Because we think we're too fragile to deal with them. That's really the enemy. And we know that dealing with hurts of life is hard. But we're working on becoming whole. Amen? Amen. Paul said, look, don't lose heart. Though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day. This is part of what happens as we encounter God. Our inner man gets renewed. We need the renewing of our mind. We need the the, the inner man. We need wholeness is what we need. And we can't be whole without God coming in and kind of challenging. My wife will have have conversations. She's like, I feel like you're challenging me right now. I'm like, I'm just saying the truth. The truth is challenging you. She doesn't like when I say that because it's not really true and it's a little flippant, but. (laughs) But I'm a challenger. I feel like you're correcting me, perfectionist. But we believe in being whole, amen? Next thing. We are at our greatest. When we are extending a hand of mercy, helping the hurting, and sharing our story of encountering God. Amen? Amen. This is when we're at our greatest. Jesus calls this being a servant. That's right. He calls it being a servant. You're serving. He says, the, the, the John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus saying, hey, did John, is he in prison for nothing? Jesus like, let him know. People are doing this right here. Yes. That, that, that's the work of the Messiah. And that's what he's called us to do. And, 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 you know, we're great when we're serving the people around us, <clears throat> period. And Jesus said he wants us to be great. He says this, he says in Matthew 20, 26, whoever wants to become great among you shall become your servant. And this is what we look for in the house. When people come in this house and, and they see the anointing and they get all activated and they're ready to be the next apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, bishop, whatever. And we're like, do you have a servant heart? Do you have a heart to serve people? Because if not, you're never going to come into your call here. Go look for, go, go, I mean, just like, and I'm just really honest. Like, you might just want to go for, look for a church that are looking for performers. We're not. We just, we're just too real. We just want to be real. I just want to know that when we go up to help somebody move together, that you're actually going to carry some heavy stuff, right? Like, I want to know that when it's inconvenient, you're going to show up. I want to know that when somebody gets pregnant or someone has a baby, that you're actually going to make a meal, that you're willing to hold a door or hold a baby and understand that's what Jesus' priority is, that you don't think that being on the pulpit is what the ultimate call for every person, but that you actually will serve someone in secret. Amen? This is what we want to know. You cannot, I mean, there's no leaders in this house who don't serve. Period. Got to have a servant heart. Next. We're just kind of going through this and we're going to eat. Is that right? This is a good message though, I feel like. We look for people who are ahead of us in life. And we look to extend a hand to those who are coming up behind us. We call this being disciples and being disciplers. We don't think that we are the best. We don't think that we got it all together. We're actually humble enough to seek out people who are walking in what we feel called to do. And we're willing to tell them, listen, I don't have it all together. Can you help me out? Yeah. 
And we are looking for people who are called to do things that we feel good at. And we spend our time with them. We have time for people in this house. And we make time for people. Amen? We are teachable. We're humble enough to be teachable. And that, that we actually can let people speak into our lives and pour into our lives. Acts 2.42 says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. What I hear here is a community of people who are seeking God's direction and are giving direction to other people. Constantly, one-on-one, -on -one, hearing what the apostles are teaching, teaching other people who don't know what the apostles are teaching. This is who we are as a people. Are you with me? Yeah. I'm almost done. You want me to go longer or are we good? Oh, man, Chris, double your pay this week, man. Zero times two. Times two, brother. Are we good? After this will be a, lock, uh, a little locksmith class that will. <laughs> Next thing. We care enough about people to teach them how to become Christ followers and fit into our community. Come on. There's this, <clears throat> this famous apostle said it this way about 250 years ago. He said, either you're a missionary or you need one. Oh, come on. <laughs> either you're a missionary or you need one. If it doesn't bother you that the people around you are going to hell, there's a problem. If it doesn't bother you enough to actually invite someone to church, that's a problem. Right? If, if, if you can't go up to a guest in the church and say hello, the bathrooms are this way, let me help you find the children's ministry, there's a problem. Right? The church was not built for us. The church was built so we can touch the world. Yeah. Right? Amen? Yeah. Amen? Amen? Either you're a missionary or you need one. Right? And we're called to be missionaries in South Florida. We're called to be missionaries in Florida. We're called to be missionaries in the United States. We're called to be missionaries all over the world. We don't just go on missions trips. Mission trips are like any time you're not in this room. Amen. Right? And we, we think that way. We think, man, every person I meet is one encounter away from salvation. Anyone you meet, anyone you meet, one encounter away from Salvation, no matter how wicked, no matter how far from God, no matter how debased, one encounter away from salvation, and you carry that encounter. Or you need to encounter God. Does that make sense? Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Tell your neighbor. He's talking to you. Tell your other neighbor, you too. Amen. We bring him to the house of God. Jesus said this, Matthew 28, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Go. I mean, those are pretty clear words, no? Yes. Pretty clear words. Yeah, yeah. The goal here is we connect people to God. Yeah. Here's my last point. We're far from perfect, but we're generous with what God has given us. Hey. Come, on. Amen. Hey. Come on. Come on. Give it up. Yeah, no, no, no. We are far from perfect, but we're generous with what God gave us. Man, do you, are you carrying an encounter? We give those encounters away. Do you have revelation? We give that away. Do we have extra food? We give that away. Do we have money? We give that away. Do we have love? Have we received love from God? We give that away. Hear me. Have you received forgiveness? 
We give that away. We are generous. We are generous. Jesus said this in Matthew 10. As you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. And let me make this very, very, very clear right now. Jesus has not judged you. You are not called to pass out judgment. Jesus has forgiven you. And so you're called to pass out forgiveness. Are you hearing me? Stand with me if you would. Next slide if you would please. In our house, Revival Life Church. At Revival Life Church, we, we want you to know your identity. I mean, identity is a big deal. You're a son, you're a daughter. It's a, it's a big deal. But identity without purpose, why are you here? Sometimes you just start walking in your purpose and your identity makes itself known. And where are you going? Where are you going with your life? That's vision. Where are you going? That's vision. Let me tell you, all three of those things are hidden in Christ. They're all in Christ. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, he knew you. He created you with a purpose. He knew he created you for good works. And right now, he's preparing a home for you in heaven. Let's all pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to pray for some people. I just feel the Holy Spirit hovering in such a beautiful way. I feel called to pray just for people. I'm not going to call you up or anything like that, but I feel led to pray for people who need a fresh encounter with God. Maybe you've never encountered him. Maybe you've never met him. Maybe, maybe you're not walking with him, or maybe you did at one time, but you're not anymore. And it's time for a fresh encounter. Maybe it's time for a fresh encounter. Ha, I just feel there's a, there's a conviction in the room right now for a fresh encounter. And uh, some, 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 like, what does that mean? You say, Jesus, I give you my life. I trust you with my future. And I pray that you would lead me in the coming days and weeks and months. And so believers, just really kind of quietly pray in the spirit. And if that's you today, just every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't want anybody looking around. I want the tech team to not be looking. I don't want anybody looking around. Not the curious. Don't be curious. I don't want the band looking around. If that's you today, I just want you to lift your hand. Just slip your hand up real quick. So if I see you all over the room. Yes, yes, who else? Yes, I see you all over the room. You say, you know what? I would like to know God. I'd like to meet him. Just slip your hand up and back down. I just want to see you. Yes, I see you in the back. Nobody looking around. Yep, I see you over there. I see you on the side. Yep. Anybody else in the room be included in this prayer? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's all pray this together. Say, Jesus, you can look at me. I believe that you're God. I want to live with you. Come into my life and have your way. Fill me with your spirit and fill me with your power. But fill me with your love. 
and I'll live for you. In Jesus' name. And everybody shouted. Come on. Hey, 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 before you go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we're going to sing one quick song, then we're going to go eat. Are you ready? We're going to just jam out to one quick song, and then we're going to go. Are you ready? Are you? Come on. No, 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 no. They're not going to start until you're ready. Are you ready? Come on. Listen. Listen, the front is open. You can come up and, 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 and worship. Shove your neighbor. Say, you got to get into this one, all right? Come on, bring somebody to the front with you. Let's start working.